0: Welcome to the Avail podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Brian Dollar. Brian is a best-selling author and speaker, and he currently serves as associate pastor at First NLR in North Little Rock, Arkansas, where he leads over 500 volunteers in nearly a dozen ministries. In this episode, Brian will share some honest truths, funny stories, and key teachings from his newest book release, I Blew It, the biggest mistakes I've made in ministry and how you can avoid them. So buckle up your leadership seatbelts, leaders, and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail podcast where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, aka Iglesia Vertical, here in South Florida. We are one church, two languages. I'm your host here on Avail, where we get into the nitty gritty of leadership. We have an amazing guest today, he's a pastor. But he's got a teacher's heart because he wants us to learn from some of his mistakes in the past. We're going to talk about his new book, Pastor Brian Dollar. Pastor Brian, it's good to have you on the Avail podcast. How you doing, my friend?
1: I am doing well, Verge. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, it's a pleasure to be able to share with everybody some of the biggest mistakes I've made in ministry <laughs> and how they can avoid them.
0: I don't mean to offend you, but I'm excited about that because I think no. I like to learn. <laughs> I like to learn from other people's mistakes so that I don't have to make the same mistakes. And I tell my kids, you guys got to learn from my mistakes, right?
1: That's called wisdom. Yes, absolutely. You can learn from your own mistakes and that's wonderful. That's, that's, uh, you know, experience, but I like wisdom a whole lot better where you learn from other people's mistakes.
0: I agree. I agree. So, so Hey everybody, I want you to know that uh, Brian Dollar has, uh, has his, it's, it's a new book because it's, it's fresh and hot off the press. Uh, I think I think he would probably say he's updated something that he began some time ago and it's refreshed. Yeah. But but it's it's specifically it's called I blew it. We're gonna get to that in a second before we talk about the book uh, and and all the wisdom we're gonna learn from you, Brian. Can you just share a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely, uh, Brian Dollar. I've been married. 25 years to my wife, Sheriff. We've got two kids, uh, Ashton who just got married uh, about a year and a half ago to one of our wow. pastoral staff members here. Uh, pretty cool. Cause he was one of the kids in my kids ministry whenever I was kids pastor here. Wow. And, uh, and so she's, on the team with us, and my son Jordan's about to graduate college uh, in October, so we're pretty excited about that. But I've been here on staff, uh, well, I've been in ministry about 30 plus years, and on staff here at First NLR in North Little Rock, Arkansas, for the last 23, almost 24 years, and uh, been been through a lot, uh, a lot of experiences, a lot of failures. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, but I'm just been blessed with longevity and ministry at the same place, being able to, to watch people grow through wow. many seasons of life and letting them see me through a lot of seasons of life as well. And it's just been a, a big pleasure being able to be able to experience the the benefits of longevity. So pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I love that. You know, I, you know, it's, it's interesting that you say that um, because not only is it uncommon that um, I think sometimes people even think maybe it's not a good thing. Like you've been where and for how long? And I think yeah. there's something so beautiful of that, of that longevity, but also that that faithfulness to to a to a church, to a to a city, to a to a family of believers. I know it might not always look the same, but I I am uh, I'm I'm blessed by that. I'm encouraged by that. Let, let's talk about your book, okay? So your book, okay. I, I I really like I really like the the title, but I like the subtitle, right? I blew it. The biggest mistakes. I've made a ministry, and how you
1: can avoid them. Thank you for doing that. You know, here's the cover right here, just in case anybody wanted to read it. Yeah, it's it's clear, big, and bold. I blew it because I'm not I'm not ashamed or afraid to admit (laughs) that I've made a lot of mistakes because Mm -hmm. those mistakes have led me to uh, great lessons and a higher plane of understanding in ministry, and it's the mistakes where we, when we fail is where we actually learn something. Success never taught anybody anything, except, you know, how big of a jerk you can be when you get full of yourself. But failure teaches you how to be humble, how to dig deep and learn and and how to move on from there. And that's really what the basis of the whole book is about.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I love that as well. I think, honestly, uh, Brian, the best leaders I've met are the ones that are very open and upfront about how they've messed up, not about, Hey, I did this or look how good I am. Uh, and I think that that's a sign of, uh, that's a sign of maturity, but it's also a sign of also a sign of, I want others to learn, which, uh, which draws people to you. So I love that. Um, let's just start with just the easy question based on the title. I blew it. What, what are some of the, what are some of the common ways we blow it, especially, especially in ministry and as leaders and pastors, what are some of the common yeah. ways or, or failures and mistakes that leaders make?
1: Well, you know, I, I think you got to start with just understanding the pivotal role that failure plays in our spiritual journey. Uh, we serve in ministry, but that, that, that anybody in ministry knows that that's not, we're not called to perfection. Uh, we're called to being faithful, being persistent, mm-hmm. having courage and, and growing. And and so it's about admitting that we're human. Mm-hmm. We're, we're vulnerable to mistakes and failures, but mm-hmm. but we also stand strong in the face of those adversities because failure in ministry is inevitable. Mistakes in ministry are inevitable. Mm-hmm. You can't avoid it. If you're trying new things, you're pushing yourself to grow, you're pursuing Big goals. Hey, guess what? You're not going to bet a thousand. You're going to strike out every once in a while. You're going to fail. You're going to have mistakes. So I would rather fail trying something new than fail to ever try anything new. Yeah. Uh, And I know a lot of of ministers who try to play it safe and kind of keep it in in their strength zone, if you will. And they never stretch themselves. And I don't want to be that that kind of minister. I want to be willing to try things that are difficult. And if you're going to do that, mistakes are going to happen and consistently. So so you got to learn how to manage those mistakes and how to Mm. work to minimize the negative impact of those mistakes. You asked me what kind of mistakes ministers make. I, I think especially early on in ministry when you're learning the ropes, uh, mm-hmm. you can simple stuff like you, you, you promise to email your pastor about something and then you totally space out and forget it. Two days later, uh-huh. he asks you about it and then you have to, you know, face Paul and go, man, totally uh-huh. forgot. You know, you blew it in that case. Um, maybe you're in charge of filling up the church bus for a staff trip but you're so focused on packing for the trip. You kind of slip your mind. Everybody piles in the bus, ready to hit the road. The bus is on E. You blew it. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. uh, There's those small things, but then there's bigger stuff. Like you you violate a core value of the church or your team. You, you put the wrong person in charge of ministry and you have to backtrack because it fell apart. Uh, you gave somebody incorrect information that cost the church a lot of money. The, the list could go on and on about Types of mistakes that you make because it's impossible Mm -hmm. to avoid those situations in ministry, failure is inevitable. But we got to remember, it's not about will you blow it, it's about how will you respond when you blow it. Will you try to cover it up, pretend it didn't happen? (laughs) Will you argue your point of view and kind of refuse to see things uh, from a different perspective? Or even will you bury your head in your pillow and kind of cry yourself to sleep because man, I just can't get things right? People choose those ways of responding to failure, but those will not help you learn. Instead, you got to dig down deep. First, you got to own it. Then you got to dig into it and learn from your mistakes.
0: Yeah. I, I, I wonder. So, so walk me through your journey specifically, If I'm not mistaken, what area of ministry did you start in when you first came into ministry?
1: When I first came into ministry, I was in kids ministry. Uh, You know, I was fresh out of Bible college. Uh, Really, I wasn't (laughs) even done with Bible college yet. The funny thing is the way I got that uh, opportunity was uh, that our kids pastor left. I was interning in the youth program and my pastor said, hey, can you hold down the fort for a couple weeks while we look for a, 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 a kids pastor? Well, Couple of weeks turned into a couple of years, and then he asked me to come on full time and do it. So I was in kids' ministry for uh, 20, 25 years, f- solely focused on that before I came aso- became the associate pastor here. Wow. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of things I had to learn in those early years, especially when you're a brand new minister, fresh out of Bible college, and you're asked to lead. Uh, wow. People, you don't have any kids of your own, and you're asked to lead kids in their spiritual journey. You don't know what works and what doesn't work. You know, so wow. you're gonna you're gonna fail a lot during during those years. And so, so this
0: is this is a good example of Hey, can you hold the four for a few weeks? And the few weeks turned into <laughs> in, into some years.
1: <laughs> yes, it did, and I was thankful for that. God orchestrated all that. I didn't realize it, but man, did it really prepare me for everything I was going to do in ministry to families and individuals and adults alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, ministry to kids is one of the best, if not the best training ground for ministry uh, in any facet or capacity. And I, I absolutely love it.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love I love um, that. One of the things that we get from you specifically is a leader who's been, uh, pastoring for, for some decades now, but you came in young, fresh out of seminary, you, yeah. you, you got right into the game. Right. And, and so you didn't come in, Oh, I have all this experience from the corporate world or, right. you know, or I've been, you know, and this is important because I think on your journey, there's different mistakes that you make when you're younger maybe that you might not make if you're older, there's different. Have you, have you noticed something there? I know we didn't, you know, I I didn't talk to you about this, but have you noticed difference between the mistakes that maybe younger leaders make as compared to older leaders and maybe even the responses?
1: Well, for sure. The responses, uh, the types of mistakes. Yeah. You know, early on when you're, you're, you, you don't have a lot of responsibility, and uh, you know you also don't have a lot of experience. So you're going to make the simple uh, tripping up. You know, I just didn't plan for this. I didn't foresee this. It, mm-hmm. Those type of things happen. And 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 when you're older, the the mistakes are a little bigger. Uh, mm-hmm. They they have a little stronger impact. But I've I've noticed in both areas. Um, you, have a, you have a chance to decide how you're going to respond. And when you're young, if I could just get every young minister to understand that when you <laughs> fail, everybody already knows it. So the idea that you're going to somehow bluff your way through it and you're going to convince your pastor, no, you're, don't believe your lying eyes, it didn't really happen, you know, I didn't really fail in this way. We, we have a tendency to think if we, if we admit a mistake, And don't try to, you know, always look like we have it together, that somehow it's going to lower us in people's eyes or in their esteem when, in fact, it's the opposite is true. When you own a mistake, when you admit it, you own it, you study it, you address it, and then you don't repeat it, that actually Mm -hmm. causes you to go up in people's estimation, not down. And if we could just get that through our minds when we're young, we would not you know, find ourselves in a cycle of repeating the same mistake because we try to cover over it. Instead, we go through, you know, and I just said them real fast, but those are the five uh, steps that I tell every young minister to memorize. When you fail, number one, admit it. It happened. Uh So admit that it happened. Uh, Two, own it. Don't blame somebody else. Don't blame the circumstances. Own it. Say, I did this. It was on me. Mm -hmm. Three, study it. Look at it. What led to this? What roadblocks did I blow through to, you know, to make this mistake? What steps in the process were missing? Own it, study it, and then address it. That means you got to decide what changes are you going to make to ensure it doesn't happen again. Address it directly, and then finally, don't repeat it. So, admit it, own it, study it, address it, don't repeat it. Big Ooh. time. It's 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 a great thing for every minister to, to memorize.
0: Yeah, I like that. It's practical and it and it's helpful and it's easy to remember. Admit it, own it, study it, address it, repeat it. Don't um, repeat and, it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't do the same. Don't fall into the same mistake or same hole you just made. Um, yeah. I like it. That's, that's easy to remember. Now, now, my, my everybody's personality is a little different, Brian, and and right. and some people after they make a huge mistake. Especially if it's a big mistake, they they might kind of want to dig a hole and 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 shut down, so to speak. Yeah, um, I think we're all different, and, and depending on the personality, uh, some people might really might even take it take it personally, or might feel like they have they, they just blew it. Like, what what is some advice, or maybe or maybe in your journey, what yeah. helps you? Do you ask yourself some questions? Do you talk to somebody? What, what's helpful in getting up after a big blow up?
1: Well, you're right. It it does depend on the person uh, and their personality, but it also I think it also depends on their past and their history, because some people grew up in a home where mistakes weren't tolerated. You, 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 tow the line and if you don't, there's a big mm-hmm. hammer coming down on you. Or maybe the people have had bosses that were that way that they were scared to make a mistake because they thought it's going to cost me my job. And so they learned this, uh, this uh, pattern of covering up, of, 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 just trying to move on and hope nobody notices that mm-hmm. instead of digging deep and learning. But that, that emotion of, you know, I blew it, I, I'm, I'm worthless, uh, you know, I'm, I can't believe this happened. Those yeah. emotions are good because really, I think you should feel bad. You should have a sense of, sure. I blew it. I, I I let God down. I let people down. I let myself down. Feel that pain, but only allow it. I kind of call that the commiseration phase where mm-hmm. you're, you're commiserating with yourself over how bad things were. It's kind of the first <laughs> phase of overcoming failure. That's It's when that initial sting of the failure, you feel horrible and all that. Listen, failure hurts no matter how long you've been in ministry. It hurts. So let yourself feel that failure and that feeling, but then don't stay there. Because it's easy to fall into the trap of commiserating endlessly and never moving on to the next stage. Mm -hmm. Most people who can't get past the commiseration phase end up quitting the ministry. Or they quit the place that they're at and they try to go somewhere else where nobody knows what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, but I suggest this. I say spend enough time wallowing in the failure to get a true sense of what was lost or what was damaged as a result of your mistake or your failure. And then, because if you don't understand the damage you've caused, you're bound to repeat the failure.
0: But right, within, exactly.
1: a, a, within a day or so, I don't think it should last more than two or three days that you let yourself feel that you know, guilt, if you will. But if if you stay there too long, it'll turn into shame and it'll turn into an identity of yours. But get out of that commiseration phase and move into the examination phase. The best way to do that is to realize your failure didn't catch God by surprise. Your mistake is not a shock to him. And he's able to take you from the place of blowing it to the place of learning from it and accomplishing greater things as a result of what you learn from it.
0: Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? Avail is proud to announce that for a limited time, you can get over $273 worth of leadership resources in the Avail Plus box for just $10 in shipping. Inside the Avail Plus box, you'll find leadership books, study guides, magazines, and other content that we know will equip you with everything you need to inspire, motivate, and guide your team to success. Stop putting off your leadership growth on the back burner and start investing in becoming the leader you were made to be. Learn practical strategies, knowledge, and leadership tools curated by some of the industry's leading experts. Take the first step in your leadership growth. Purchase your Avail Plus box today before they're all gone by visiting availbox.com. That's so good. Hey, everybody. We're talking about Brian Dollar's new book, I Blew It. We got, we're, gonna, we're learning from his mistakes, everybody. <laughs> you <laughs> yes. know, uh, I, I have a question for you, Brian, regarding. Okay. Um, I can't help but think, um, and maybe 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 in your journey, was there somebody that you were able to lean into? You know, because um, I think sometimes the problem is we try to go through some things alone. You know, yeah, or sure. or we think we have to uh, do. do you know, do, do, do certain people play a role or, or what have you seen from your experience uh, regarding um, other people maybe helping you on, on that journey?
1: I can tell you 100 percent the person who is most responsible for the fact that I'm still in ministry and that I am who I am today other than Jesus, is my pastor, Rod Lloyd. Yeah, He, he actually wrote the forward to the book uh, because he's had a front row seat to a bunch of my failures. <laughs> and he's also been the agent of grace that God has used to help me through a lot of those failures. Um, if I can kind of get real candid and personal for a, a second, um, one of the later chapters, uh, you know, because there are a lot of funny stories in the book uh, where I just kind of tell about some stupid idiot blunders and the things that I learned from them. But Mm -hmm. there's a couple of stories that are uh, real heartfelt, kind of world shattering moments that happened with me. Mm -hmm. And one of those was back in 2008. Um, I had to approach my pastor and just I, I, I let down all my guards and I sat across from him and across from his desk. And I said, here's where I'm at. Here's where my heart is. And here's where I am so far from being a man of God and a minister. And uh, I, I was wow. just gut level honest with him about my failures and about things that were in my life that had no business being there and about how far away from being a man of God I really was. Wow. I found, I found myself in a place where I was a full time pastor but a part-time Christ follower. Wow. And I had to admit that and, and, and come clean to him and to the Lord. And rather than come down with a, a, you know, big boot and say, well, you let me down and you've lied to me and now you're gone off this team instead. He said, let's talk about how you can get back on track. And he was wise enough to say, listen, Right now, you've disqualified yourself from being a leader. You don't have any business leading anybody anywhere because you're not even following well. And so what we're going to do is we're going to give you an opportunity to step back, to not be in an upfront leadership role, but instead put you in a place where that funnel is wide open and God can not just pour into you, but he can cut you wide open and remove some things that shouldn't even be there. And I I am so grateful for a pastor who leaned into that moment, who, who set me up to really have my world rocked by God. And if I hadn't, mm-hmm. if I'd have decided to, you know, cause I felt shame at that point, you can just of imagine course. the guilt and the pain and the shame. Yeah. And if I'd have let myself be s- stupid enough to eject from the process because I felt so much pain and I just needed to, you know, get out of it. I would never have experienced the life change and the transformation that God did in me over the next 18 months to three years. Um, it was unbelievable. And that's really, uh, what I, I added to. So, so long story short, I actually wrote this book 10 years ago and released it. Uh, and it ended up being a, a bestseller and, and really was something that I was shocked by what happened, but I realized after 10 years of kind of looking back there was some things that, that that happened in me years after I wrote it that you know it took me a while to I knew God forgave me and I knew my pastor forgave me and 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 I forgave myself but hmm. what I did was I I internalized a lot of the identity of I'm I'm the guy who blew it. I'm the guy who's failed. And I just convinced myself that others were never going to see me as anything other than that. And I actually saw myself as stuck in that. um, It's kind of like, and I use it as an example in the book. It's kind of like Moses, you know, after he killed the Egyptian and ran off and was 40 years tending sheep and not going about what God wanted him to do. Mm -hmm. God came to him and said, look. You've you've commiserated long enough out here in the right. wilderness and it's time for you to do what I've called you to do and Moses had every reason in the book why he was not the guy. And 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 I can't do this, God. Don't you know what I did? Don't you know where I've been and I you know I can't do this. But God said, it's time for you to turn the page and let me start writing that new chapter in your life. Moses had a hard time doing that the same reason why I had a hard time doing that because you know, whenever it's a blank page, that's very intimidating. You know, mm-hmm. this, 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 this uh, wilderness area, as painful as that is and as hard as it is to be in this, you know, failure aftermath, that is mm-hmm. difficult, but at least it's familiar. And you kind of end up parking there because it's familiar. And even though it's painful, it's what I know. The idea yeah. of moving to a, a new phase that I don't know, and I don't know how people are going to receive me, and I don't know what I'm really going to do. That's that's very intimidating. But Moses finally had to make that call to just say, mm-hmm. "I'm leaving the past behind and I'm going to where God called me to do." I, and and that's something that I wrote very deeply about in the book. In that uh, the two, the two extra chapters are more about the emotional and spiritual journey of bouncing back from failure, mm-hmm. uh, allowing yourself to have a, an identity that is in Jesus, not in your failure, and realizing that that new chapter that God's writing is greater and better than you ever could mm-hmm. imagine. It's scary to go into that unknown territory, but man, yeah. is it worth it to embrace it and to move forward.
0: Yeah, that's good. You know, two things that come to my mind as you were just sharing that. Uh, one, is, one is the power of vulnerability uh, and i think your testimony it's it's a, it's an example of being even right now being vulnerable and saying hey you know this is something that i went through that was hard it wasn't easy in fact it was it brought a lot of shame and guilt and pain and but but the fact when leaders are able to be vulnerable i think that's what opens the door for god's grace to come in and then and then i don't want to breeze by what your pastor did for you he demonstrated he didn't he didn't ignore but no. he demonstrated he he demonstrated some bold grace, yeah, with with some loving discipline or loving consequences, but some He'd bold done. grace, and and I really want our lead pastors or lead leaders to to hear this, because sometimes we don't see that, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes that's the end of the road, sometimes that's right. a a big kind of a breakup, you know, or a, or a disconnection, right. and I think. Right. You know, what would you say, uh, Brian, to to lead pastors and lead leaders who are currently or or will in the in the near future deal with a situation where one of their staff members, maybe even ministers, it kind of comes up, comes forward with some some very difficult situations?
1: Well, I, I will tell you, uh, to you know, Jesus said it to whom much is given, much is required. And I, I think that applies to grace as much as anything <laughs> we when we've received grace, not just from our heavenly father, but from others time and time again, we have to be ready to extend that same grace to others because, mm. you, you know, nobody plans to fail, but you never know when your next moment is where you fall short. And you yeah. want the people around you and the people who are leading you to have that same level of grace uh, that, that that you're desiring and that you need. And so you got to mm. be willing to give that to others as well. Um, and my, my encouragement to pastors is, you know, you know, I think there's a big difference between uh, someone's caught and someone confesses. You know, yeah. I, I think we, we, the reason why we were encouraged in Scripture to confess our sins one to another, that was not, uh, you know, because we anticipated uh, to be fired and cut off from relationship, it's because that's what you got to do to get restoration and reconciliation in the relationship. And so, yeah. I think if, if if your staff member comes and confesses shortcomings and and hard issues and areas where they they just aren't measuring up, you should you should respond to that with a level of grace. It's very different than if you caught someone <laughs> in something very and true. they they refuse to own it. You know that's a different deal. Uh, you, you have to you have to be a little harder on that. But I think if you have a staff member that's willing to change and willing to grow, and they're asking you for your help, I beg of you, Pastor, give them that grace and allow God to use you to be a conduit of gentleness that can yes. bring them to a place of restoration.
0: That's a good word. I find that sometimes what that does is it brings back an even stronger team member. Oh, that yeah. now has that has that appreciation, that trust and even more solid, probably for a lifetime, you know, you know, unless God calls them out So that's great. That's a good word. So, so in your book, I blew it. Um, I know that you address some issues. What, what are what are some of the specific issues that you address in the book?
1: Uh, well, a whole range. It's really written uh, to help s- staff pastors and ministry leaders. Um, because I, I, deal with some everyday, uh, staff stuff, you know, from, uh, just, you know, I start off just talking about my, my own life and how I was convinced I was supposed to be a youth pastor and then a lead pastor. I kind of chose my, I knew God called me to ministry, but I decided, yes, I know the, uh, ultimate destination you want. So why don't I take my own path to get there? Uh, uh-huh. and so I, I talk about that. Uh, I talk about, and, and you know, having a major outreach that I put together that was just stupid. I mean, it is the dumbest thing. I, I'll give you an example. It was well, I'll get a little insight. It was for kids, a VBS on uh, the life of Moses. And I decided that I wanted to do something to have the Exodus come alive for kids. So I set up mm-hmm. what I called the plagues tour where every, every room was a different plague. Well, <laughs> Think about it. God sent these plagues to, you know, to teach a nation a, a bunch of lessons, and I'm going to bring preschoolers and elementary kids into those experiences. Well, let's just tell you, I'll just tell you the, the plague of darkness, uh, that didn't work because kids are afraid of the dark. Uh, uh-huh. the, plague, the plague of hail where I had junior hires throwing ping pong balls at the children and beaming them in the eyeball, that didn't work out. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially at the end when I had the death of the firstborn, I did not anticipate the reaction the kids would have to my volunteer in the corner who was dressed in full Egyptian garb with a baby doll screaming, my baby's dead. That was actually quite frightening for the children. Wow. So, you know, I, I tell the story, the way I tell it is <laughs> is very humorous, but the fact is I learned not every good idea is a God idea. And uh-huh. my, my whole process of, of developing, uh, you know, events and approaches, uh, I had short-circuited and took God out of the process and just thought, I was so clever, I'm going to come up with all this stuff. And I think sometimes in ministry we we go to God last for answers yep. or for wisdom and insight rather than first. And so I talk a lot about that, putting God first and allowing His wisdom and inspiration to take us to those great ideas, those God ideas that He has planned for us. But there's staff relationship uh, issues that I address. Uh, there's past, I have a whole chapter on... Uh, the staff pastor lead pastor relationship and how to Uh cultivate that. And that came out of moments where I had a horrible uh, reaction to several things that my pastor was trying to help me with. Uh, And so I talk about the importance of that, that relationship. And then ultimately uh, it comes down to, even I tell the whole story of my time in 2008 and how I I nearly lost my family, my ministry, my life really. Uh, And, and how God was able to teach me, really what what i learned through all of that was john 15 5 is for real he is the vine we are the branch and if we don't stay plugged into him there's no life in us we can have ministry skill but have no life we can have uh, you know ministry accomplishments per se Mm -hmm. but we aren't accomplishing anything because without him we can do nothing and uh, that was a difficult season and I go deep into uh, just just the, the raw nature of those lessons that God taught me. So that's, that's just a, a, you know, 10,000 foot view of what uh, the book's about, but, uh, it's 10 big, huge stories and mistakes that I made. My goal (laughs) is not just to make people laugh and not even just to make them cry, but it's to keep them from falling into those common pitfalls of ministry so that they can, uh, they can learn from what happened to me and hopefully not (laughs) deal with the same pain that I did.
0: Now I know what not to do with the VBS on Moses.
1: <laughs> For real.
0: That's good. I love it. It's been great. But before before we jump into how people can, can get the book, how they can kind of lean into you if they want to get to know more about you, before yeah. we do that, you said something right now, it caught my attention, and, and I'd love, even if it's one or two things you can mention, you specifically mentioned that you write about, about the relationship between pastor and maybe like staff pastor or associate yeah. pastor. Um, man, I'm curious. I'm leaning in here. Uh, can you just get maybe give, give us one teaser of, of something that you've learned that's important uh, for, for that relationship to, to thrive, to be healthy, to be well?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll give you three quick hits. Uh, All right, boom. If, if you want to really have a dynamic relationship with your lead pastor, number one, pray for him or her every day. Pray for your lead pastor every day. I, I have a, a an axiom that I live by uh, because what happens mostly is when you have a problem with them or when they tick you off, what do you do? You go to another staff pastor, you go to your spouse, you go to somebody, sure. you talk about them. Well, the axiom mm-hmm. I live by is if you talk about people to other people, you'll grow to hate them. But if you talk about those same people to God, you'll grow to love them. And mm. rather than you know, bicker and, and say all the stuff to other people about how horrible he's being to me. Instead, I go to God and I say, God, help me to be who I need to be for my leader and bless him, bless his family, bless, keep him strong. I mean, I find that as I pray for my pastor, suddenly the stupid little things of, of, of our relationship don't even matter. The, the little, you know, tension moments, they just don't matter. And God, God just helps me smooth over those. So Pray for him every day. Number two, tell the whole truth the first time when you're talking to your pastor. Don't try to tell just enough of the truth to save face and keep you from looking like an idiot. Tell mm-hmm. them the whole truth the first time because they, you, you know they might find out that their pastor already knew the truth and he's just asking you to see. He's asking you the question to see: Are you going to be truthful or are you going <laughs> to try to deceive them? So tell yeah. the whole truth the first time, and then third. Um, disagree with your pastor in private but agree in public that didn't Mm -hmm. mean you you lie that means you, you you fight it out you know i had a whole deal where he and i went back and forth i thought we needed to do this he thought we needed to do this ultimately he said look Brian, I, I, I'm sorry, but we got to go with my my gut on this. We're, this is how we're going to handle it. I agreed. I walked out to that same group that I was, you know, kind of fighting for, and I didn't <coughs> walk into them and say, "Hey, I wanted to do such and such," but Pastor Rod said we're doing this, so this is what we're doing. Uh-uh. I walked in. I said, "Pastor Rod and I discussed this. Here's what we've decided is going to happen." I, I had a yeah. unified spirit in front of those people. They didn't need to know everything we said. I disagreed in private because he wants that. He wants disagreement. He wants outside voices and perspectives. But when I'm talking to the congregation or to others, I am on a united front because the worst thing that could happen is the enemy drives a wedge between the pastor and somebody in the church or on the staff. And I'm the result of that. I'm the cause of that, I should say. And so those are just three quick hits. I got, I think, 15 Love or 20 it. of them in that chapter about how, if you want to have a dynamic relationship with your lead pastor, things that you need to do. This is
0: so uh, insightful. Uh, and what you're talking about right now is definitely a a, a, a a culture of honor, which is a beautiful yeah. thing uh, in an yeah. organization. I love it. Um, I would love, Brian, if you could just share with everybody, the book is I Blew It. How can they get the book? What other, Are there other resources attached to it? Where can they go to find out more about you in the book?
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, they can go, well, it, it releases September 19th. Uh, Everywhere, so you know it'll be on Amazon, at Audible, all of it. It'll be everywhere. But right now, uh, if it's before September 19th, when they uh, see or hear this, they can go to BrianDollar.com and right Mm -hmm. there on that page, there's a spot to buy uh, the book, uh, and they can get it for uh, cheaper because it's a pre-order. And all Mm -hmm. pre-orders will be hand signed autographed. Uh, I'll also make sure they get it before September 19th. So they'll actually get a leg up on everybody else. Uh, nice. but in, in addition, there is a, uh, a workbook that goes with it that they can also purchase. And I've mm-hmm. just finished recording uh, a master class that uh, goes along with the book that they can also do, uh, get right there on com, And it's a whole video series that goes along with the book and, and dives a little deeper, it gives them a little more practical, uh, direction on, uh, on how they can apply this to their
0: life. That's, that's great. So everybody just heard it. The, I blew it. I would say the bundle is the book. There's the yeah. study guide and you can access the masterclass videos by going to right. briandollar.com. I highly recommend it. As you've heard already in this conversation, a lot of wisdom, a lot of insights, a lot of expertise from, the experience of making, making mistakes and not sharing about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll mention this uh, to to all of our avail listeners right now, everybody who's leaning in right now, the avail journal. This is a resource we put out quarterly. I think it's the best Christian leadership magazine out there right now. Would you agree, Brian, that it's important to have resources as leaders? (laughs) Yeah. Hey, availjournal.com, You can subscribe. The first year's on us. We want to give you a year for free availjournal.com is where you can get that um, man this has been good Brian what's what's like a final thought nugget encouragement you want to leave on everybody's heart
1: uh, final thought would be uh, just kind of what the the ending of uh, the book is and that is that there is no substitute none no substitute for intimate daily connection to your heavenly Father. Uh, i know ministers are are man they're pulled in every direction uh, pastors and leaders are on call 24 7. And there's a lot of draining that happens. But Colossians 1:29 says, To this end I labor, struggling with all His energy, which so powerfully works in me. And so I want to encourage everybody, plug in to Jesus. Let His energy flow through you. He's not asking you to do this on your own. He's the vine. You're the branch. Stay intimately connected and let His life flow through you. And you'll never regret it.
0: You heard it, everybody, from Brian Dollar. Stay connected. Remain. I love it. Brian, this has been a great conversation, and I'm looking forward to when it comes out to holding that book in my hand, maybe maybe laughing, maybe crying, (laughs) but definitely learning along with your journey. Let me just say on behalf of... The whole Avail team, uh, Dr. Sam Chand, Martin Van Tilborg, uh, everybody who works behind the scenes to make Avail a reality—we just want to tell you we're we're proud of you, we're cheering for you, we're thankful for your life, and we ask the Lord to continue blessing you and your family.
1: Thank you so much. It was an honor to be on with you, and uh, I'll be uh, praying for you, and I'll make sure you get a copy of the book.
0: <laughs> Woohoo! Hey, everybody! Thanks for leading in with Brian Dollar. His book is "I Blew It." And he wrote it for you so that you don't have to blow it in the same way. Hopefully you can lean into these teachings. Uh, As always, there's a new fresh episode that comes out of the Avail podcast every week right here on behalf of Avail. My name is Virgil Sierra, uh, lead pastor of Vertical Church, your host for this Avail journey, which is the journey of learning the art of leadership. Can't wait to see you guys next time. We'll catch you right here on the Avail podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail podcast with our guest, Brian Dollar. You can find out more about Brian on social media and by going to briandollar.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free trial subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. If you'd like to connect to our growing leadership community on Facebook, visit availleadershipconnect.com. As always, I'm your AVAIL podcast host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the AVAIL podcast.